Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week are from the Two in the Think Tank podcast and have multiple new comedy specials available online. It's Alistair Trombley Birchall and Andy Matthews. Hello, oh, my goodness. Shared introduction. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I initially was writing them separately, but they were the same. <laughs> so I thought. <laughs> I think it would have been funny to repeat it. I love the efficiency. Yeah. Thank you. It's very titular of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Our third guest this week is the little skipper herself, host of the Do Go On and Simply the Jess podcast. It's Jess Perkins. Oh. Leading her own applause there. <laughs> I always do. I always do. Get it started. <laughs> I set the tone. Don't you start my applause. <laughs> I will start it and then you match my level of applause. Follow my lead. <laughs> Who started your applause there, Andy? That was that me. also just? That I think that's well. okay. As long as yeah. she's doing it for others. Yeah. I, I think really it's probably a bit off that you didn't start hers. Mm, I'm very giving with applause. I mean, I was pretty quick off the bar, <laughs> but you've got to get up very early in the morning to get one up on Jessica. <laughs> So the way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure <laughs> trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Are we ready to play? We're ready. So the first question comes from listener Joff from Cola. <gasps> Joff. <gasps> from LOL Radio. Have you ever oh, been on LOL Radio with Joff? I think that many, many years ago I may have. Mm. Um, ah, that's but brutal. I think I might have got a call during Comedy Festival and it was late and I think L- Lawrence Mooney was on the call already and there was already a conversation kind of happening and then I couldn't hear very well and then I would say things occasionally <laughs> and it seemed like people were listening to me but I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> oh, that this sounds, sounds like the experience of being a ghost or being <laughs> dead and in the room <laughs> and you can't tell. It was a sort of, were you? Did you discover you were dead at the end of the phone call? <laughs> it went smooth. Smoothly enough that <laughs> I could have been dead. It's like the only explanation. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. The only. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> You're probably dead then. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joff asked this question. What does omphaloskepsis mean? What does omphaloskepsis mean? Andy probably knows a fucking Latin and he's going <laughs> to decipher it. <laughs> Here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> While right. they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. And by the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question. 
And I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. Uh, often my fake answers have been written with the help of the question writers as well. So each of us can score up to three points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me. The house, and the house always wins, though. If you've been listening to recent episodes, you'll know that is not nearly ever the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. Hey, I, I mentioned that you've got multiple shows online now. What? You got three, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's one called Teleport. If you just you oh that Teleport and Magma are both on Stupid Old Channel. So mm-hmm. if you go on on the YouTube uh, Stupid Old Channel and type in Teleport or Magma, you'll find those. And then if you want to find another one called My Client Is Innocent, mm-hmm. and then type the word like Andy or Alistair next to it, then that will come up there. And that's another <laughs> special. <laughs> we don't give out links per se, no. but a series of cryptic <laughs> keywords that yeah. you can use to solve the puzzle for yourself. If you're worthy. Oh, all right, the answers are in. So here's question number one. What does omphaloskepsis mean? The recurrent urge to secretly give gifts, also known as reverse kleptomania. <laughs> An inflammatory, that's not right. What is that Inflammatory. Inflammatory. <laughs> An inflammatory disease which causes swelling in the esophagus. Ah. Oh, it does sound possible. It does sound very omphalosceptic. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting the word yeah, too, uh, so thank mm. you for saying it again. I think it's omphalosceptic. Mm. Okay, oh, yeah, yes, gotcha. Andy's old. Yeah. I, I turned it into an adjective. Oh, Andy's yeah. able to conjugate it. That's how well he remembers it. <laughs> that is good. He can manipulate it like clay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, option three, contemplation of your belly button as an aid to meditation. Oh. <laughs> Weeping necrosis of human skin folds. Oh, yuck. Oh, that's um, horrible. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah. When your brain misinterprets visual information, so you see penises in inanimate objects, artworks, or nature. In inanimate Sometimes penises are in inanimate <laughs> objects. So and nature. That I'm aware I mean, of. humans are part of nature. Mm. <laughs> and when you go for a walk in the forest, or indeed a wank in the forest. <laughs> uh, well, your, your penis is in it. Is in, is in nature. I mean, I guess... I guess if Avatar taught me anything, it's that <laughs> yes. our penises are interconnected in a big part of a much larger ecosystem. <laughs> I can't stop speaking in that accent. Anyway. I love it. Um, what is that accent? It's Australian. Okay. <laughs> it comes from Australia, originates. Oh. Mm. I love it when, when he goes your penises Australian. Are, <laughs> when your penises are interconnected, is that like in a sort of a, a rat king type situation? Mm, yes. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's called rat. Uh, no, it's, it's, a rat king. It's a dog king. Oh, a dog <laughs> king. Those are both. Very good. Yeah. Both I of them. include mine in Both that. Doc and King. <laughs> no, I was talking about my oh, one, yeah. Frat King. Oh, Frat That's King. when all the that, boys that in, a, in a frat are doing a circle jerk and it becomes so frenetic that the penises become entangled. It's just there's only there's only one node per penis, though. That makes it quite difficult to... Um, hey, Matt, well, can I, we have the answers again, please? <laughs> I haven't even got through them. <laughs> The final option was a mental condition in which a person becomes convinced that they are part of the Winnie the Pooh extended universe. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. So you got the reverse kleptomania, the inflammatory disease causing swelling in the esophagus, uh, contemplating the belly button, aiding meditation, weeping necrosis of human skin folds, uh, misinterpreting information as penises. Or believing you're in the Winnie the Pooh extended universe. 
I am, am I'm drawn to the to the weeping necrosis. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Drawn to it. Yes. I don't like that I'm drawn to it, but I also am. <laughs> I hate it. And I hope it's wrong. I hate to see necrosis weep. I hate it. Are you gonna lock that in? I think so, yeah. All right. And what about you, Al? Um, I'm drawn to the penis, mm-hmm. but I feel like I wonder whether or not you would you would allow a penis thing to come into your normal okay. your normal answers, you know? Because so he's a prude. Mm, you should have listened to the Brisbane episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I apologize. I'm, I'm one episode <laughs> you're, behind. You're a bit behind. Yeah. There's a lot of penis in that one. All right. Well, <laughs> Matthew, the salesman, has just sold me on the penis one. But is that what I want you to Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Maybe there was no penis Oh, but you sold me off of it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go the penis one. All right. Locking that in for Al. Here is who wrote the answers. Uh, the recurrent urge to secretly give gifts, also known as reverse kleptomania. That was the house. <gasps> That's a good one. An inflammatory disease which causes swelling in the esophagus. That was Jess Perkins. I'm so oh, sorry. It was very good, I'm Jess. I'm so sorry. You did really well. I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I saw you start the word and I was like, oh, no, uh, I think, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Ones that have, yeah, where there's multiple places that the emphasis can yeah. be on, they can really trip me oh, yeah. My hesitation there was that the suffix, suffix itis is more commonly associated with inflammation. So, oh. Wow, oh, you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like tonsillitis. Yeah. Indeed. Conjunctivitis. Oh. Yeah, it's an inflammation of the conjunctiva. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Matt, don't don't write that in any of your answers because Matt's not going to be able to say conjunctiva. He's going to say <laughs> Almost conjunctiva. <definitely>. Con, <laughs> conjunctiva. Sub, subjectivitis. That's, yes. uh, of course, an inflammation that is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> uh, a mental condition, which means you think you're in the Winnie the Pooh extended universe. That was Andy Matthews. Mm. That's a good one. Uh, when your brain misinterprets visual information, so you see penises, that was Joff, okay, oh, the house. Joff. Good one. Mm. I should have picked it. <laughs> I should have picked it. That was a Joff. And has a busy phone call with Lawrence Mooney all over it. <laughs> Uh, weeping necrosis of human skin folds. That was <gasps> Alistair Trombley Birchall. Oh, Lordy! Meaning the correct I... answer is contemplation of your belly button as an aid to meditation. I hate Navel that. Navel gazing. I... Navel gazing. That's what it is. Quite literally. Yeah. Didn't cross my mind for a second that that could be the correct <laughs> yeah. answer. Yeah, it sounded ridiculous. It feels like it would be so bad for your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like that the whole time. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I don't. I don't like that. No, I don't like it. I don't at like all. that at all. I prefer the weeping of the the, yeah. the, the skin mm, folds. Me too. Where did had you access that one? Me. Yeah. yeah. I've I used the same starting point as uh, our friend here, Jess Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I I thought itis, mm. and then I went, but I was like, oh, but it's icus. Mm-hmm. So mm. I was like, I won't I won't say inflammation. Right. And that's <laughs> that's the next step I went. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah, I, I thought, didn't know that. I thought the word necrosis seemed like a word that I wouldn't know. Yeah. So then I put it in there that way to, to misdirect people from it. Because we would think there's no way Al would know. <laughs> big dumb shit like Al. <laughs> big, big dumb TV. shit like that. Yeah. And so now we're seeing the true hierarchy of dumb shits. Mm. And I'm, <laughs> I guess, top of the dumb shits or bottom, depending well, on Well, I'm still here, this. Jess. That's true. <laughs> I couldn't one. pronounce a word you wrote. <laughs> the, uh, three dumb shits. Would you call that a trip shit? <laughs> I would. Yeah. No, but you'd pronounce it wrong. You'd probably try, call it a, a trip shit. <laughs> trip Trip shit, yeah. Uh, all right, we're up to question number two. Do you want a score check? Al's on two points. <gasps> House on one point. Jess and Andy. 
Mm. Not so smart now and mm. zero points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing golf rules, though, so. Oh, hello. Oh, you haven't even had a hit This is why you're swinging that stick around so much. <laughs> Here's question number two. This comes from Zoe DL from Epping, New South Wales. Zoe's mm. question is, and this one I'm really nervous that Andy might know, what song by Gid Tanner and his Skillet Lickers <laughs> <laughs> made the top ten on the US Hillbilly charts in 1926? You familiar with Gid Tanner and his Skillet Lickers, Andy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Their early work, yeah, sure. I love the name of that band. <laughs> yeah, that really, I mean, that's what got me in. Yeah. Wow. So you got to write uh, a song that might have been in the top ten on the Hillbilly charts in the United States in 1926. I'm pretty sure that was probably the only Hillbilly charts back then. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good sign for me when Jess is having a great time writing her answer. Yeah. <laughs> it happens every time. <laughs> you I have a good hit rate with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have to be. Well, I have to start my own applause. Yeah, my own laughter. <laughs> Got to be your own biggest fan. That's the lesson. That's why you've, you've not had to do stand up as regularly because now you're like, as look, as long as long as I say it, yeah, and then I'll I'll, I'll laugh God. and I'll give myself a little round. Uh, every single day in my house, yeah. I am crushing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you stand to perform to yourself? Sometimes. You, yeah. But uh, usually in front of a mirror, so it feels like an audience. Oh, yeah. But also sometimes you can just <laughs> be sitting alone on a couch. Oh, so you do like standing room audience. Because that's yes. the problem with the mirror is that you got to look at another standing person. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Do you ever sit down so that your audience is sitting down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. do it on a stool. Yeah. You know? Mark Maron style. <laughs> but I, I angle the mirror sort of below me so I'm still looking down at my audience. That's nice. Because yeah. that's important. And then you can... You'll be looking up, and your audience will have like a you know like it's like the worst <laughs> angle for your audience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh, no, they'll doubt. But no, that's your audience will be looking up at you. That yeah, way, it's right? worst worst angle for me. Yeah. But I still get the power of being above them. That's great. Yeah. Have you ever spit on your audience? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why be above people if you don't spit? <laughs> you don't take advantage of gravity. Do you want to hear a bit about? And full of skepsis. Oh, yes. It's, I think I'm saying that right as well, which mm. is funny that I couldn't say inflammatory. inflammatory. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Joff wrote, the word derives from the ancient Greek word omphalos, meaning navel, and skepsis, meaning viewing, examination, or speculation. Of course. Yes. <laughs> We should have gone back to the Greek roots. We oh. needed to split the word in half to release its power, like a kind of. Of course, when I think of Greek roots, I think of those. those yes, those, yes. Olive those bushes? Ph no. Philosophers putting their penises between people's legs. You know? Oh, yeah, that like way, that, that rubbing, kind of. Yeah, anyway, mm. having sex with people's legs, thighs. Philosophers did that. I think, I'm not sure if it was just the philosophers. <laughs> it's just been men. I'm feeling very philosophical, and honey. <laughs> <laughs> Close your legs. Like that. Yeah, so, yeah, closing your legs. Because now mm. they'll say, like, leg openers as, like, a euphemism for yeah. something that makes people mm. horny. Well, yeah. you, need, you need that first. You need that to start with. You right. need the legs to open. Yeah. So that they can close. Right. That's true. Around. You can't, can't open a leg without closing a leg. <laughs> God never opens <laughs> his legs <laughs> without that closing, closing a window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, the end section of the show is going to be as long as the show. Yeah, I chop out all the best bits and put them at the end. Oh yeah. dear! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fun. So yeah. it's just it's mainly quiz. Yeah, oh, and yeah. then all the bullshit at the end. All the bull yeah. Well, not all of it. 
A bunch of bullshit. A bunch of the bullshit. Yeah. The you, best bullshit. Do you find the audience responds better that way? They've been loving it. Yeah, great. Been loving the few people saying that's the best bit of the show. Yeah, right. Maybe you should keep it in the show. Well, I don't know if it's that good. I think they <laughs> like they like that it's at it's the end. It's the best bit, but it's still not that good. <laughs> you got to suffer through the quiz in order to get to it. <laughs> so uh, Joff continues, actual use of the practice as an aid to contemplation of basic principles of the cosmos and human nature is found in the practice of yoga and Hinduism. In yoga, the navel is the site of the Manapura chakra, which yogis consider a powerful chakra of the body. Mm. Right. There you go. Hmm. All right, the answers are in for question number two. Oh, my God. Okay, yep. What song? <laughs> what is this question two? Oh, oh yeah. Christ. <laughs> what song by Gid Tanner and his Skillet Lickers made the top ten on the Hillbilly charts in 1926? You gotta quit kicking my dog around. <laughs> <laughs> good. I get giddy when the train comes to town, toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that toot toot. Me too. I love it out of a toot toot. Ain't nobody gonna say no words to my mama. <laughs> I like that too. Double negative. Gonna mm. fiddle in your yard till you love me. <laughs> Wait, that's. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds like there's some self love happening there, right? Ah. It's probably playing. It's a double on Oh, I f- yeah, that's right. Mm. They love that. They, they love that in Hillbilly. Yeah. Uh, the grease got me hollering. Oh. Or there's a ferret in my trousers, and I'm starting to think he's having even less fun than I am. (laughs) 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 I wonder what that could mean. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It means one of these was a big hit. Yeah, okay. Only one. That's a surprise. Mm. Can we have them again? Yes. I wish there was an all of the above option. Yeah. This is a full album listing. This could be a best of album. Mm-hmm. I'm think I think I'm going to collect my favourite country fake names I've made and, and try and put get put together a real album at some point. I would <laughs> love that. I would really love that. I'd, uh, pay, I'd pay up to three dollars for that. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, on Bandcamp. Yeah. Where else is it going to be available? <laughs> uh, probably SoundCloud? Uh, on all your streamers. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And, and on vinyl. Oh, vinyl. Yeah. Shit. Ooh, three bucks for vinyl. That's, that's not that's bad. That's a very good deal. Yeah, I'm losing a lot of money. <laughs> so you got, you got to quit kicking my dog around. I get giddy when the train comes to town. Toot, toot. Ain't nobody going to say no words to my mama. Yeah, I get that. Double negative means they're saying, please talk to my mum. Yeah. Uh, Gonna fiddle in your yard till you love me. The grease got me hollering. Or there's a ferret in my trousers and I'm starting to think he's having even less fun than I am. These all sound Mm. fucking crazy. (laughs) I've forgotten them all again. Yeah, me too. No, the fiddling one. fiddling. The fiddling one's too, that's too explicit for 1929. I think my answer is one of the first two, but I can't remember which they were again. Uh, you got to quit kicking my dog around or I get giddy when the train. That's one. The dog one. Locking Got to quit in. kicking my dog around. All right, locking that in for Andy. The sort of thing that you could only put in song. Or a Jerky Boys sketch. I don't know, if don't know the, about the Jerky Boys. They were like, they did prank calls back in the day. They did what, they called up saying, you kicked my dog. Really? Would you yeah. say that prank phone calls were the bluegrass songs of the 90s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Do you, our our Gid Tanner was Matt Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> Only here they were called Matt Tilly and his fry pan liquors. Is the skillet liquor a tongue? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the skillet liquor or the person attached to the tongue. Mm, or oh, could be a dog. True. Yeah, that's true. Could be, be a dog. dog. And and don't kick my dog. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, oh. It's all coming together. Then there's then there's a toot toot. Mm-hmm. 
And then... Ain't nobody going to say no words. My mother going to fiddle in your yard. The grease got me hollering or there's a ferret in my trousers. I want to say toot toot just because I love toot toot. Mm. Say toot toot. Toot toot. Follow your heart. But I think it could be fiddle in my yard. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go with fiddle in my yard. All right, I'll go Just toot, because toot. It's, it's too... You know, it is the obvious one, and I feel like sometimes not everything is like a is a misdirect. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, the grease got me hollering. That was Alistair Trombley. That's Birchfield. a really good name. That's great. Oh, thanks, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So good that everybody. You were thanking everybody before I'd even said it was good. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Thank you, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I also thought it was good. Um, there's a ferret in my trousers. I'm just starting to think he's having even less fun than me. That was Andy Matthews. Oh, it was good, really Andy. good. Thanks very much, it guys. It was really good. Not believable, but it was really good. <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. And that's sort of the point of the game. I, right? I, I came here wanting to have fun today. Mm. Totally. And you're yeah. doing great yeah, already. I'm definitely not here to make friends, but I am here to have fun. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to say no words to my mama. That was just Perkins. Oh, that, that was, was good pretty too. funny. Yeah. Going to fiddle in your yard till you love me. Oh, that was the, the house. house. Oh, that's good. Played by the house. It's very much like a sort of an early version of that scene from Say Anything, isn't it? Where he, he goes into the yard with the with the boombox. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Until yes. you I'm gonna play with my boombox until yeah, you love exactly. it. Yeah. In your yard. You and I call is, your balls a boombox, yeah, I reckon. Or your butt. Really cool. Or your yeah, butt's a boombox. Boom I'm just gonna very bloody good. play I'm with my boombox. I'm gonna stand in your it. yard and play with my butthole until you love me. Yes, I love a bit of innuendo. Uh I get giddy when the train comes to town, toot toot. That was Zoe, a.k.a. The House. Meaning you got to quit kicking my dog, dog around, around is correct. I think I actually did know that one, Matt. Amazing. I, I feel like I've heard of that song. Wow. That's wow. so good. Well, it was a 1926 hillbilly mm. hit, so it makes sense that you would know it. Well, you got to <laughs> stop kicking my dog around. <laughs> you got to. All right, we're up to question number three. <laughs> In my head, the fiddle thing, I'm like, I thought it was funny only in hindsight. Like, at the time, they wouldn't have meant it as a innuendo. Oh, they know. Right. They, they know. You reckon they knew? People were yeah. fucking back then, man. Yeah. But I don't know if fiddle was necessarily a... Could have been. Oh, mate. It was extra. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was... That's- yeah. <laughs> It was pretty, that was pretty full on back then. Yeah. Whoa. Now it's sort of, you know, a bit playful or whatever. Yeah, back yeah, then, explicit. <laughs> to fiddle? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's like full sex. They're rolling in their graves just here, just because we're saying it now. Rolling so in, a, in a horny way. Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Here's question number three. <laughs> this comes from Clara from London. And the question is, under what name were Q-tips, aka what we call cotton buds uh, or cotton swabs, Originally marketed as. Mm. Under what name were Q-tips originally marketed as? <laughs> we call them, we just call them cotton buds, don't we? Yeah. 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 While you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a little bit more about the skillet liquors. According to Zoe, Gid Tanner was an American fiddler, which is, you know, he was also <laughs> played the fiddle. And his band, the Skillet Liquors, one of the most influential string bands of the 20s and 30s. By string band, it seems to mean band with three fiddles, a banjo, and sometimes a guitar. Some other popular performances include Bile Them Cabbage Down, A Corn Liquor Still in Georgia, and Hand Me Down My Walking Cane. <laughs> corn Liquor? Yeah. You familiar with those, Andy? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, do you have them on record or anything? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know where I heard the name, but I think it's like, I think it might even be one of those 
names that is like thrown around like as an iconic kind uh, of, you know, almost a um, an ur or an <laughs> ideal uh, vision of a hillbilly song name. Right. Mm. <laughs> All right, the answers are in for question number three. Under what name were Q-tips originally oh. marketed as? Yep. Ear waxinators. Mm. Oh, yeah. Max's wax attacker. <laughs> Get our gear in your ear. No. Also, oh, that. It comes with a tagline. Was that part line? of the name? Part of the name, yeah. Uh, Lil Dabbers. Oh. <laughs> Baby Gays. Little Skinny Boys. <laughs> or Bush Honkers. <laughs> 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 There's some great ones in there. Can yeah. we have them again? Ear waxinators. Max's wax attacker. Get our gear in your ear. Lil dabbers. Baby gays. Lil skinny boys. Or bush honkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, baby gays feels like it wouldn't be in there. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to remember back in those days. Wait, is it, this is not. You would have used them, presumably, you would have used them for your baby. Right, you know, like you, t- you I think oh. you, you might be cleaning out the ears of your baby, making them happy, making them happy. baby gays, baby gays. My gosh, mm. uh, uh, but wouldn't you call little baby dabber Yeah, I you would. <laughs> <laughs> that seems baby gays, but it's like it's like calling cotton buds now baby happy. Yeah, baby. You, I, mean, doesn't make I, think it, I think if you baby joy. Baby Joy. That sounds like it could be a thing. Yeah. Or if you if you yeah. bought it on AliExpress, I think Baby Happy would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's know? true. That's true. I think I want to go for Little Dabbers. Little Dabbers. I wonder if Little Dabber, that, I mean, that sounds like, you've ever heard of Little Abner? I don't know what Little Abner is, but it's like an, a part of American culture. It might have been a cartoon character or something. And maybe there was like some, mm. it was almost a pun. Mm. It's a book by Al Cap. There you go. A satirical Little American Abner. comic strip. It appeared across multiple newspapers in the US, Canada, and Europe. Mm. And there was a Didn't musical make it and a down film. To Oceana? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were multiple films made about it. Oh, Al Cap. You're an Oceania man. I'm an Australasia man. Yeah. Really? Myself. If I were to if I were to forced to name the continent. Yeah, I'd say Australasia, I think. That's uh yeah, that's interesting. I'm or gonna not. go with a little dabber. You going little dabber as well? Mm. Two for little dabbers. I'm going to go baby gay. Baby dog. You don't want to go probably right, eh? But I'm not here to win. What's that? I'm not here to win. What's that? I'm not here to win. And what was the thing before that? <laughs> I'm not here to win. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it so many times that by definition it was the thing before itself now. <laughs> oh, um. oh, what's your strategy here if you're going for the one you don't think is right? Yeah, well, what's your strategy, fuckhead? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking planning, eh? <laughs> I don't know. You hate to have fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm oh, having more fun with that one. If you pick your own, do you get a point? Yeah, no. I've been thinking about this. Every time no, I listen no. to the podcast, I actually had a secret plan to come on, pick <laughs> my note in the third round, get those triple points. No, if it, I would probably go with Josh Earl from uh, Don't Know Who I Am strategy of saying, that's your own one, dipshit. <laughs> he always said, yeah. call them dipshits. Yeah, but- but do you get the points though? And then I give you a point. Yeah. Double, oh, okay. double points. But you have trip, to live knowing yeah, that Matt thinks you're a Yeah, triple points. Yeah, that's okay. No, you get you will get no points. Okay. God. I'll just look uncomfortable and I'll say, well, I don't know if you can pick that one, can you? <laughs> uh, all right. 
So you're lo- all locked in? Yes. Sure everybody wants to pick those ones? Here's who wrote the answers. <laughs> I wanted to pick mine. Earwaxinators was Clara, okay, the house. That's fun. <sighs> Max's Wax Attacker, that was Andy Matthews. Woohoo. Oh, and good. a tagline with it as yeah, well. Yeah, That's good stuff. Why not? Yeah, why not? Bush Honkers, that was Alistair. <laughs> that was really good, Al. Thanks. Little Skinny Boys, that was Jess Perth. <laughs> it was good. Lil Dabbers, that was the house. Ah. Yeah, I knew it. I really, I had you in mind when I wrote it, to be honest, Jess. Little and Dabbers. it's so funny that you picked it. And that means Baby Gaze is correct. Holy mm. shit. So well, that is that's... one point to Al, <laughs> two points to the house. Why did you have me in mind for Little Dabbers? I don't know. It just seems, I think because your nickname's Little Skipper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I... I think I accidentally just plagiarised your nickname. Anything little, yeah. little is me. Yeah, That's nice. Yeah, I don't know. That's cute. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I guess I'd just written in the intro, Little Skipper. Yeah. So I was just ringing through my mind. Little Dabber. Jeez, Rattling that, around in that big head of yours. <laughs> that hey? means the scores are now <laughs> on zero points, Jess Perkins, on one point, Andy <laughs> Matthews, on three points, Alistair Trombley Birchall, but out in front on five points is the house. What? <laughs> A rare cleaning up, a rare lead for the house. I'm usually doing better by now. I think it's because I haven't cheated this time. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Yeah, I've be usually it. fallen apart by this point. Okay, usually, yeah. I, I get an early lead and then I completely demolish it. Mm-hmm. Well, that normally happens from now, and I don't oh. see that changing. Okay, great, great. great <laughs> I think Jess flies home from here. That's my that's my guess. That's and how it would normally. Go. Yeah, I'll start cheating, and then I'll get then I'll get <laughs> really good. good. Do you have a like a, like a university? Do you have a policy for like what happens if people use Chat GPT to generate their answers? Oh wow! And oh. you know you got to you got to get out ahead of these things. Technology is changing. You know people's expectations. I find that you know using Chat GPT allows me to be much more efficient with coming up to, with answers. Are to you saying you're, questions you're on, using Chat? GPT? Yeah, I, I mean, I assume we all are. I mean, I'm here, you know, I, I'm, I'm a busy man. I've got a lot of oh, a lot of things on my Andy plate. Andy loses think- one point. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that sigh there made me feel sorry for him. I'm going to give him one yes. pity point. Oh, pity, pity point. point. Yeah. Pity oh, point. Pity but point now I'm coming last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pity point for Bob. Pity point for Bob. Well, I've lost a lot of my lead. Mm. <laughs> so you haven't actually. Your lead point. is exactly the same. Your lead is exactly the same. One pity point for. Well, not in front no. of Jess. That's no, true. <laughs> I misunderstood what I was saying. Oh. All right, so you've each got a pity point there. <laughs> yes. The scores are now Andy and Jess on one point. <laughs> Alice there on four points. They're out in front still on five points. It's the house. Wait, did the house get a point? No, no. House <laughs> remains on five. House gets no pity. I feel I no. On, I thought I was on four before. Anyway. Uh, no, no, you're on three. Oh, okay. Go to the tape. <laughs> and Alistair on three. Mm-hmm. There we go. Oh, that is, yeah. Uh, all right, here's question number four. This one comes from Adam Trapchinsky from Cary, Illinois. And uh, Adam wrote in brackets after his name, you're on your own, because <laughs> his name is... I'm guessing not pronounced like that. <laughs> uh, and Adam's question. Or it's pronounced you're on your own. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's mm. pronounced inflammatory. <laughs> Adam's question is, what is Chicago White Sox legend Frank Thomas's nickname? What is Chicago White Sox legend Frank Thomas's nickname? And that is mm. baseball. Baseball. That's right. Frank. Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> I couldn't forget. I mean, Tom. if everybody sends this one in, just let me know and I'll write something else. Okay. 
Andy, now that you've got yours in, you can listen to me tell you about baby gays. This is according to Mental Floss. After seeing his wife create a makeshift cotton swab by wrapping cotton balls around toothpicks to use on their baby, Leo Gerstenzang decided to mass produce <laughs> sterilised swabs. He formed the Leo Gerstenzang Infant Novelty Company... <laughs> In 1923. <laughs> I mean, he's got away with with efficient titles, so I'm amazed. And, uh, yeah, he named his leading product Baby Gaze, presumably for the joy they would bring to children who weren't being treated like pin cushions by toothpick-wielding mothers. Mm. It's amazing before that. They just used new But he considered it to be an infant novelty. Yeah. Mm, this will be a bit of fun. <laughs> In 1926, Gersten Zhang altered the name to Q-Tip Baby Gaze and eventually just Q-Tips. The Q stands for quality. <laughs> right. Quality, quality tips. Yeah. I suppose at that time not inflicting pain on mm. children was considered a novelty. Yes. This this exciting new idea I've heard of <laughs> fuck. <laughs> It's funny that like a lot of like the history of parenting is like a history of like be as mean as you can to your kids mm. in order to bring them up right, mm. right? You know, to, to to set them on the right yeah. path, mm. and then slowly but surely realizing that none of the being mean bit actually helps in any regard. <laughs> Bully your kids mm. so that they're strong, and then yeah, just support them and allow them to emotionally regulate and do that through mm. you know modeling that and things like that. And you go, oh, that's not at all. What my instincts tell me. Well, but and also there, are, but there are still some people who are saying no. Well, let's hold on to the cruelty idea for a little bit longer. I feel like it's still got some juice in it. Yeah. You know, the results are not yet in. Can you not think of any times where people being cruel to you didn't help? Mm. Can I not That's think the... of any times where people? <laughs> Sorry, that was the name of a <laughs> was the name of a little uh, hillbilly song we used to work on. <laughs> I, I remember times where people were like pretty brutal to me, and I'm like, well, I've learned a lesson there. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's probably, con- I mean, consequences in some way. Are- I got hit as a child and I turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I, I wonder, though, with the with the cruelty thing, whether or not there could be that experience could have happened again without the cruelty. Yeah, whether probably or not that lesson yeah. would have still. Uh, yeah, I, I, I probably would have learnt it and I wouldn't even have the scar that I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it is like I remember it really well because I felt awful <laughs> for a while after. And still now. Yeah, yeah. And, they, you know, other lessons just get gently taught to you. Mm. Yeah, maybe. But I think there's also an urge in to make the suffering that we endured meaningful oh, yeah. by defending it as a practice. Right. You know, otherwise, what was it all for? And, you know, Couldn't I'm saying so you're well. perpetuating that onto the next generation. Maybe it's so we could learn that it wasn't the right way to go. Yes, but if only there was a way to teach you that lesson so you'd fucking remember. <laughs> you come over here, Matt Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, have, Violence doesn't solve anything. Have have has parenting gotten softer generation on generation forever? Or has it has it got come? It would have gone up and down. I Absolutely. mean, if you follow that trend line back a couple of hundred years, it'd be getting pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's certainly not a linear relationship. No. Okay. But we would we must be getting towards the softest treatment of children ever. Mm, and I won't be. stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to be hit. He walks around supermarkets yelling at little kids. <laughs> Somebody has to. Somebody has to. The parents certainly won't. Yeah, I mean, the child wasn't doing anything. It was quietly following its mother, but mm. I said I won't have it. 
fortunately, now we don't hurt our children physically. We just rely on emotional blackmail mm-hmm. by saying things like, well, if you don't do it, it'll make Dad sad. <laughs> that allows them to grow up healthy and well-adjusted. <laughs> While you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, your answers are in. So here's question number four. What is Chicago White Sox legend Frank Thomas's nickname? The Big Hurt. The Septic Tank. The Big Blammer from Alabama. Oh. <laughs> Thomas the Frank Engine. <laughs> the Crypt Keeper. Or Sex Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I mean, the Big Blammer from Alabama is one of the most enjoyable mm collection of syllables I've ever experienced. Yes, agreed. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The Big Hurt, the Septic Tank, the Big Blammer from Alabama, Thomas the Frank Engine, the Crypt Keeper, or Sex Mouth. Mm. Sex what is <laughs> Frank Thomas's nickname? Frank Thomas, Sex Mouth. <laughs> Just trying to Frank roll that around. Thomas the Frank Engine's very clever then, actually. Mm. What, what year was this from? Uh, I haven't said. I don't uh. know if I should. It might be unfair to say it now after. Are you all okay with me saying the year? Sure, sure. Yeah. Lay it on us. Uh, he played mainly in the 90s. Sure. Okay. sure. Played for about 15 years, into the 2000s. All right. Okay. So all those nicknames that were references to the movie. Um, <laughs> to, uh, Avatar King, King 2, Ralph. The Way of the Water, <laughs> uh, no. probably out. Coincidences. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Thomas the Frank Engine. Thomas the Frank Engine. <laughs> That's for fun. That's fun. That's fun. Oh well, if we're going fun, I'm going the big blamer from Alabama. <laughs> That's if right, because you came here to have fun, not right. to make friends. That's right. <laughs> I'll I'll go the septic tank or whatever it is. Uh, it well, is that. Although yeah. I don't. The Australian rhyming slang for an American. Yeah. Mm. Which I, I, and that's sort of where Yanks came from as well. Yeah, right? yeah. But I heard somebody, I was in Queensland oh, hang on. the weekend. No, a a Yank, septic tank came from Yank. So Yanks oh. from Yankee Doodle Dandy or whatever, mm. Yankees. And then, and then septic, septic tank's tank. like rhyming slang for Yank. And then Seppo came from yes. septic tank. I heard people saying Seppo and I don't think I'd heard that. Yeah, I, hadn't heard I Seppo. didn't. I never understood. Seppo that really meant. does sound like a slur. We've yeah. we've really worked on that one until it mm. actually sounds sounds much more unpleasant than calling somebody a septic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seppo really it sounds. Yeah, it does. You know, sound. It sounds hateful. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but it's meant. But lovingly. it's Aussie larrikin is a hey, just a couple of we're just mates. Yes, it's what we do. Unless you do it to us, no, then we we'll, don't like that. Then <laughs> we'll have the big hurt <laughs> feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing how that oh, just being on like I, TikTok for a little bit, seeing how <laughs> thin skin thin skin we are, and how much we go on about being not thin skin. Mm. Like an American will say, make a joke about <clears throat> Australians, and they'll be like, well, at least we don't have g- guns out of control. <laughs> <laughs> like it come out of nowhere. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa! Uh, can I change mine to the big hurt? Sure can. Yeah, great. Coward. <gasps> yeah, I yes. agree. 
Tell me one time when you've been brave. <laughs> Tell me one time when you've been brave. We're all cowards, okay? Some of us are brave enough to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me one time you've been brave. That's a great first date question for anybody listening. Mm. Andy, were you agreeing with Jess saying he's a coward or are you agreeing with Al that you want to change to the big hurt? No, I'm uh, the agreeing coward. with Jess that he's a coward. <laughs> okay. With true. Al that Jess is probably also a coward. Yeah. Okay. And with me that some of us are brave enough to admit it. Okay. Well, here's who wrote the answers. Sex Mouth. That was Alistair. That's <laughs> really good. Thank There's you. a place in England called Sex Mouth, I'm Is pretty it? sure. Oh, yeah. That wow. doesn't surprise me. Okay. Oh, they pronounce it Sexmouth probably. And I'm uh, booking oh, my tickets. Yeah. I'm moving, boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sexmouth yeah. Like lesson. we're going to take bloody pronunciation lessons with <laughs> fucking Matt Stewart, eh? <laughs> uh, the Crypt Keeper. That was Jess Perkins. Oh, that was fantastic. It wasn't. Then we had the septic tank. That was Adam, aka the house. <sighs> Adam just wrote the tank and I added septic when Andy wrote Thomas the Frank Engine. I thought <sighs> I needed a bit of separation there. <laughs> it's so good. Thank you very much. So I couldn't point- believe that was all, all the pieces were there. I just yeah. had to rearrange them. <laughs> Thomas the Frank Engine. That's great. So one point for Andy there. Uh, then we had the big glamour from Alabama. That was the house, oh. I'm afraid. Well, Andy. you lured me in with your beautiful syllables. Yeah. Big beautiful glamour. rounded syllables, all your Bs. <laughs> blah. I Googled blah. Blah. It's blah. A fun blah. Sound. Blah. American blah. place names. And then I had a list of them, and then I started speaking. Working gibberish. my way through. <laughs> yeah. Blammer, though. Blammer's so good. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like swinging a bat. Yeah. What a blammer. Uh, that means the big hurt was correct. Alice. Whoa. So one point for Al. William Trebombole. <laughs> how do you cheat? <laughs> you got a phone in front of you. Yeah. Did you cheat? Oh, oh is that how you normally no, cheat? I mean, for? I. <laughs> I swapped my answers in, in mid mid show. Yeah, after like you mid, cheated, or yeah, after you cheated. No, we have. We've been talking for a solid ten minutes, yeah, I, I did and not then cheat. out of nowhere, you went, "Oh, can I change my answer?" And I noticed that you put your phone down as mm, you said. I promise mm. you, I. Josh I don't care about winning. Yeah. Hang on, yeah, I'm just following history. back the cord from Alistair's <laughs> headphones and they don't go into the computer <laughs> like everybody else. They go through this hole in the wall. There's all this plaster dust on the ground. <laughs> Who's outside that wall? Oh, it's... It's the um, second Matt Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> from the future. <laughs> Says he needs me to win this episode in order to save the world. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I guess we've got to let Al win. All right, we're up to question number five. This one comes from Bella from Sydney. Hang on, who's that behind the future Matt Stewart? It's a future Alastair Tremblay Birchall holding a pointed stick. He's not saying that. He's saying that under duress. And Bella from Sydney has given us a question. Yes, Bella's question is, what is Cunningham's law? What is mm. Cunningham's law? Oh, like a Murphy's law type yeah, thing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's right. I can never remember. And while you're, yeah, what is Murphy's law? If anything can go wrong, it will well, go Yeah, wrong. that's it. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about the big hurt. According to Adam, Frank Thomas is, was, and always will be a big human. <laughs> Adam's just written this so poetically. I love it. Being six foot five, 240 pounds, he is the Chicago White Sox all time home run leader at 448 homers from 1990 to 2005, while finishing with a total of 521 to finish his career in 2008. He's also the only player in major league history to have seven consecutive seasons with at least a 0.300 batting average, 100 runs batted in RBI, 100 runs scored, 100 walks, and 20 home runs. How about that, Frank? 
the big hurt Thomas. As for how he got his nickname, NBC Sports explains the moniker was used in the title of a video game, was used on several baseball cards, and when Thomas started up his own beer, it was called Big Hurt Beer. Frank Thomas was the big hurt because of the hurt he put on a baseball and because, well, he was big. Ball players simply don't come in king size. It's interesting. What does that mean? Yeah. They don't come in king size. Are they all big? I guess maybe they're not. Maybe it's all football football and basketball gets the big guys and baseball gets the little yeah, guys right. or something. Apart from, I uh, assumed it would guy. be good to, for them to be be big because they could hit the ball hard. Yeah, they'd have a bigger uh, like swinging circumference thing. Size. Yeah, right. Mm. That's the one thing about this show, Andy. You laugh. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, you laugh. Of course you laugh. We're all laughing right now. But something that people don't realise amongst the laughter, there's a little learning that's done. Uh, What's the difference between among and amongst? Ugh, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, amongst is, I think it's just, is it if you finish saying among yeah. and you've still got a little bit left in you, yeah. you can you can leave the tail on. <laughs> amongst. Uh, this is from dictionary.com. In both speech and writing, among and amongst are interchangeable. Both are grammatically correct and mean the same thing. However, amongst is often considered old-fashioned or pretentious in American English. <laughs> so you may want to avoid it. <gasps> yes, I don't want anyone to think I'm pretentious. I just want them to think I'm tenacious. All right. <laughs> the answers are in for question number five. What is Cunningham's law? It's the idea that while it seems like nice guys finish last, it's not really the case. <laughs> Named for Richie Cunningham from Happy Day, <laughs> who always ended up just as happy or happier than the Fonz. <laughs> When you use the restroom at an acquaintance's house, you are 78 times more likely to not notice that there is no toilet paper until it's too late, <laughs> leaving you having to take desperate measures to clean yourself and return to the dinner table. Oh, and you're using the toilet brush. Uh, that's a desperate measure. Yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, yeah you just have a full shower. Oh, you come out and you're like, sorry, um... <laughs> I just swallows in there. Yeah. Did you get out? There's no towel. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. You have you to have use the, the toilet, toilet brush. brush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the concept that the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question but to post the wrong answer. Mm. A creamy red cabbage salad made instead with pink salted pork meat. <laughs> Alistair. What? <laughs> you know that thing where we share a mind? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a popular name. Uh, it's a popular homemade brand of salad made from cabbage, <laughs> carrot, and mayonnaise, often mispronounced as Cunningham's Law. Cunningham's <laughs> Law. I, didn't, I, I did not. Didn't get, I didn't get it until the second time around. Uh, coleslaw, coleslaw. Okay, so which one do you guys think it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of the salad ones, but I can't remember <laughs> which one. Or is it the less sunny it is, the higher an individual's chance of getting sunburnt it is. Mm. So people are less likely to apply sunscreen. According to Cunningham's law, the middle of a wintry night is the best time to <laughs> flip flop slap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so you got happy days. You got uh, no toilet paper, <laughs> mm. uh, asking the internet the wrong answer or posting the wrong answer. You got the two salads. <laughs> or yeah, great. We're really giving them the dignity they deserve there, don't we? The two wrong answers and... <laughs> or the uh, 
The less sunnier it is, the higher the chance of getting sunburn it is. That one nearly got me into I know the correct answer, but I'm going to give it to the sunscreen one because it made me laugh the most. That's really good. It's so obviously wrong, but I'm going to choose that one. Because whoever wrote it, they deserve the points, even if it's Matt Stewart, who I despise. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't. I feel like you're not playing the game right, Andy. But that's all right. No, but he he flagged quite early on that he's just here to have fun. Yeah. Is it fun to lose? Is it fun to make Matt upset? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what yes. You, <clears throat> what about you, Al? No, I know the answer, and I'm going to pick it. Yes. It's posting the wrong answer on um, online in order to get the answer that you. Okay. Want. In the, the spirit of Cunningham's law, I was choosing the wrong answer <laughs> in the hope of drawing that correct answer out of you. Now I'm going to change my answer to the one Alistair chose. Okay, well done. And Jess, I'm going to go the ham coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would also like you to do the, the correct one as well. Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, the Richie Cunningham from Happy Days 1. That was Bella, okay, the house. That's Very funny, stuff, Bella. Well Bella. That's done. funny. Terrific. Uh, when you used the restroom in an acquaintance's house, that was Jess Perkins. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> you really started ages. a dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I came here to yeah. do today. <laughs> uh, the first cabbage one. <laughs> with pink salted pork meat. That was Alistair. Very good, Alistair. Very good. Uh, the other <laughs> coleslaw one was Andy Matthews. Thank you. Uh, the less sunny it is, that was the house. Oh, that was good. So it means the correct answer was the concept that the best way to get the right answer on the internet is post the wrong answer. So one point to each, Al, Andy and Jess. Mm. And no points to the house. Yes. Fuck you, house. That's good. That was the first round the house didn't score, which <laughs> felt good. <laughs> Appreciate that. Everybody. House needs a break. All right. So, quick score update: two rounds to go. Jess is on two points. Half of those being pity points. I'll take Andy that. is on three points. One third of those being pity points. <laughs> <laughs> Although one of them was also subtracted, so you sort of ended up back in where Thanks you belonged. Gosh. But out in front on equal six points, it's <gasps> Alistair Trombley Birchall on the house. I'm very excited oh, for you, Alistair. So it's anyone's game. It's it is still anyone's game. Yeah, there's still a lot of points on the table. Uh, as we come to question six, the penultimate question. This comes from Jamie from Clovis in either Canada or California. Because mm. CA means both, I think. Oh. Uh, I could look up where Clovis is, but Don't I'm you sure dare. Jamie Don't knows. You dare and Jamie's question is, what happened on MTV on March the 10th, 1999? What happened on MTV on March the 10th, 1999? Clovis is in California. And I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to go and take a phone call. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. While you're writing your answers, let me tell you more about Cunningham's Law. According to Bella via BigThink.com, most people can't stand an incorrect statement to go uncorrected. So often as they put you right, they'll give you a torrent of erudition. You'll get a much better answer than if you simply asked. This is known as Cunningham's Law. It's named after Ward Cunningham, who developed much of the software that is now used in wiki-type websites, of which Wikipedia is the biggest example. Huh. <laughs> I love that. Wow. So you'd you'd all heard of that before? Nah, I hadn't. I just followed them. Yeah. I had heard it because I am terminally online. And so um, it is a thing that has come up and I had actually seen it very recently again. So that was very fresh. Fresh in your brain. In my quite deadened brain from having spent so much time online. Mm. But I do collect little nuggets Mm -hmm. of things, you know, like a sausage rolling on a barbershop floor, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Which begs the question, why is a sausage in a barbershop? Mm. Yeah. Um, Probably sausage Fridays. 
Yeah. Very sorry. I've forgotten what the question was. Uh, what happened on MTV on March the 10th, 1999? <laughs> <laughs> Tippity tap. Straight away. That was so quick. I know, Andy's, which one of Andy's is going to be. He just like, he just had it, you know? That's amazing. He just had it there. All right. <laughs> Here is question number six. What happened on MTV on March the 10th, 1999? A concerned parent phoned in requesting that they play some proper classical music. VJ Paulie Shaw said a request is a request and played Nigel Kennedy's recording of Vivaldi's The Four Seasons in full. (laughs) (laughs) An online campaign led to a cheesy 80s hit by New Kids on the Block being played as it was the second most requested song that week. An online campaign in 1999. (laughs) I wonder what form that would have taken. Several very lengthy forum posts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead debuted their first episode. More TP for more bunghole. Mm. Marilyn Manson was extra- Beavis and debut Ted. Debut Ted. Debut Ted. That yeah, they missed the trick there. Yeah. De Beavis and debut Ted. <laughs> there, that would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Manson was x-rayed live on air in an effort to end a rumour. It backfired, though, when the results seemed to reveal he was, in fact, short one rib. Just one. (laughs) Just one. So he's going to like, he removed one rib so he could suck a testicle. (laughs) Getting x-rayed live on TV is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan shat his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, doesn't sound like somebody would have had to type for very long <laughs> for that one to come out. <laughs> it's like an idea that was just front of mind. <laughs> an idea you've always got locked and loaded, ready to go. <laughs> or a collection of television programs and music videos were broadcast. Oh, a normal day. Oh, I think they found the loophole in the, uh, in the game there. <laughs> So you got the Vivaldi Four Seasons being played, online campaign leading to New Kids on the Block mm. being played, Beavis and Butthead, Dave Butting, uh, Marilyn Manson being x-rayed, Bob Dylan shitting his pants, <laughs> or a collection of programs and music videos broadcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Well, I, I mean, I feel nice. like Beavis and Bo- Boothead is what I am going to yeah. go with. It's not a very interesting answer, but... Uh, I've, I'm not here to have fun. Um, <laughs> I want to win. Wait, no, that's. But earlier you were saying you were here to have fun. I don't remember that. Oh, huh? There you go. Okay. Could, have, could have been something that happened in that phone call that changed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say Beavis and Butthead, but I might say Marilyn Manson got X-rayed. So I think that's funny, and that's what '90s TV was all about. It was all mm. about. It's all yeah. X-ray. I don't think you'd do it now. <laughs> yeah. I was also going to say Beavis and Butthead, but. Head. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say the Pauly Shore one. Yes. Oh, the the reason I'm not saying Pauly Shore is because I know that Matt Stewart likes to use Pauly Shore as a comedic device, and I believe <laughs> it's probably coming from the pen. Mm. Huh. Mm. Ah. <laughs> a regular listen, hey? <laughs> a regular listener. <laughs> I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's do... <laughs> Marilyn Manson. She's copying me. 
Dad, tell him you can't copy me. This <laughs> <laughs> is the only one, other one I could remember. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go through who wrote the answers. A collection of television programs and music videos were broadcast. That was Jess Perkins. Oh. So it would be funny if nothing happened. No, that was good. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Uh, not bo- enough to pick it, though, did you? No, I'm not here to have fun. <laughs> I feel like you would have been able to claim a point there if if you did pick it, That's though. That's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan shat his pants. That was Andy Matthews. <laughs> oh, okay. So quick. Yeah, bang, had wow. it. Bob Dylan shat his pants. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I love and respect Bob Dylan so much. It made me feel really sort of <laughs> naughty to write that. But hey, there good. we go. Uh, the one about Paulie Shaw being a VJ, that was the house. <laughs> oh. That's funny. I, I looked up a list of MTV VJs and, yeah, Paulie Shaw did jump out at Is me. Is Paulie Shaw working that much these days? Uh, yeah, he's got a podcast. Oh, I, think, okay. I think he's touring comedy clubs. I oh, saw somebody right. that, okay. I, that I follow on Twitter was going on tour with him. I was going to go with a... Because if he's not doing that much work these days, in fact, I think he's surely poor. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I'm sorry. I, do, you want, do you want to ask the question again? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think he's working that much, actually. No, well, then he's surely poor. Okay. Oh! <laughs> Beavers and Butthead, they butted their first episode. Uh, that was Alistair Trombley Burke. So that bit where he pretended to wanted to choose his own one, even after we'd already locked in our answers, was just a bit of fucking dancing on our grave. I just wanted you to not move your answer. (laughs) Clever. Uh, Marilyn Manson being X-ray live on air. That was the house. Online campaign. (gasps) So the correct answer is an online campaign led to a cheesy 80s hit by New Kids on the Block being played as it was the second most requested song that week. Wow. Would have been one of the first online campaigns. Yes, and it was an it was a chain email campaign, mm. which is real fun. Uh, quick score update: going into the final round, we've got Jess Perkins on two points, Andy Matthews on three points, yes. ATB on seven points, but out in front on eight points, it's the house. Oh. <laughs> but the final round is worth double points, so that means it truly still is anyone's game. Even Whoa. Jess, even Jess, <laughs> she won't, but she could. So Gosh. my, I just don't want the house to win. So I'm just gonna, Al. I'm just gonna tell you which one I write. Okay, <laughs> then you can give me <laughs> just so that no, oh, just so, so that you don't pick it. Okay. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Right, right. We'll fi- I'm gonna work with you here. You don't have to ruin the game. Yeah. Okay. House. <laughs> All right. Jeez yeah. Louise. Sneaky houses trying to. So we always finish with a film synopsis question. And this one, I think this is the first time it's happened. This one has been suggested by three different listeners. Mm. Gaddy J from Birmingham in the UK. Angelo Del Guducci from Summersworth in New Hampshire. And Tanner and Erin Nordstrom Young from Calgary, Alberta. So really that's four listeners. That's four. Oh, my God. Mm. Holy shit. (laughs) This is exciting. It's 30% more. Yeah. So the question is, what is the synopsis of the 2018 film The Velocipasta? What is the synopsis of the 2018 film The Velocipasta? (laughs) While your answer is being written, here is some more information about the MTV incident, which was actually written uh, on the MTV website way back in 1999. MTV wrote, the democratic and often cheeky spirit of the internet flashed itself again this week as a number of users spurred on by a grassroots email campaign 
vaulted an 11-year-old song from 80s heartthrobs New Kids on the Block into MTV's Total Request Live Countdown. As a result of a focused email campaign, a number of netizens logged into MTV's website on Wednesday to register write-in votes for Hanging Tough. Uh, I know it's a very old, cheesy song, but just think of how funny that would be to see an old New Kids on the Block song in the top 10. One version of the chain email read. Apparently, plenty of folks agreed as the song, which topped the singles charts in 1989, will land at number two on the countdown on Thursday. One guy who might not be thrilled with the news is former new kid Jordan Knight, who is currently forging a successful solo career of his own. Hanging tough. I wouldn't go near hanging tough, Knight recently told MTV News when asked if the set list for his upcoming tour might feature any vintage New Kids on the Block nuggets. All right, the answers are in for the final question. What is the synopsis of the 2018 film The Velocipaster? The contents from a novelty box of dino pasta comes to life. Yes. And it's up to 12-year-old Dale Wilson and his ragtag bunch of friends to save the day. Uh, I'm afraid the presence of the phrase ragtag <laughs> might give that away as a Matt Stewart special. Okay, well, interesting. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It also might give it away as the kind of film that I would like to feature. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He loves, he's just prone to ragtags. That's a ragtag. I also love uh, learning lessons along the way. <laughs> yeah, yes. <he> does. yes. <laughs> Who doesn't uh, love a ragtag and, and lessons to be learned? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine if some ragtags did learn a lesson along the way, then. Andy, some cliches are that for a reason. They work. Mm. All of them. Even that in itself is now a cliche, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Option two when world renowned paleontologist Benjamin Frendel is buried alive in a rock slide <laughs> while on a dig, the science world is distraught. But when he rises three days later, preaching a religion that dinosaurs supposedly practiced millions of years ago, <laughs> he's ridiculed and persecuted. Will he die a martyr or start a religious revolution? Wow. Wow. A pastor documentary about Bucantini, a pastor <laughs> who, like the Velociraptor, had its name given to a bigger, cooler looking pastor, but was actually the name of a smaller noodle. This is its story. <laughs> Big fan of this is its story as well. I bought I bought some pasta. <laughs> I bought some pasta recently. It was called. It could be anyone. <laughs> Jess is looking at Alistair, and Alistair is laughing with a very strained look on his face. I think Alistair's maybe playing it cool, or he just is cool. I can't oh, tell. I'm very cool. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's option three. Option four, after losing his parents, a priest travels to China <laughs> where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, he soon decides to use it to fight crime, ninjas, and seek vengeance for his parents' death. <laughs> two two priest-based ones. Yeah, but also I wonder, did he inherit it from China or from his parents dying? Mm. Ooh. Because, he, you know, to inherit something from somewhere else not long after your parents die is very interesting. Mm. Just a strange coincidence, isn't mm. it? Yeah, maybe he's travelling home to China where his parents were from or something. <gasps> what was his oh, name? There are people from China, aren't there? <laughs> Quite a few, I believe, yeah. yeah. What's, what's his name? Uh, he doesn't have a name. No, okay. Uh, the only name I think no we've name, seen so man, far. No oh, no, we've had Dale Wilson and Benjamin Frendel. <laughs> oh, they could be from China. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna. Can I take uh, the first half of option two? <laughs> uh, option four is a pastor 
a pastor <laughs> finds uh, himself with a new superpower of increased exorcism velocity. <laughs> <laughs> he can now do 15 exorcisms a day with the help of his fun-loving sidekick, the choir boy Dino. <laughs> the pair attempt to defeat the resurgent Beelzebub and his enslaved army of the damned and hopefully learn something about themselves along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have forgotten about that. <laughs> well, finally, Pastor Ian McCulty enters a competition to become the world's fastest priest. But when a time portal to the Jurassic opens in the lobby of the Vatican, he runs into more than he bargained for. With ravenous reptiles prowling St. Peter's Basilica, he's gone from praying to being preyed upon. Whoa. Whoa. Twists and turns. Somebody spent a bit of time on that copy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just quickly going through them, we had the novelty box of Dino Pasta that came to life. I I think at this point uh, we can't ask Matt to... Give us the spelling of the name. No, I don't think so. I think mm. we're, we've passed that. Yes, we're past at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well past. And I'm not going to tell you the spelling of that <laughs> past. Mm. Uh, then you've got the world-renowned paleontologist Benjamin Frendel, who finds a new dinosaur or an old dinosaur religion. Uh, the past documentary about Bucatini. <laughs> uh, you've got the guy who... Travels to China where he finds a, a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the pastor who has increased exorcism velocity. <laughs> yes. That's very good. <laughs> That's how they measure it. Or the pastor who enters the competition to become the world's fastest priest mm-hmm. and he goes from praying to being prayed upon. Like is it a running race or is it like he can get through a mass really quickly? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like in a, what capacity? Yeah, it could be maybe like a faster pasta eating competition. Yeah, as well. yeah. It just oh. doesn't say. <laughs> I mean, they're all fucking stupid. <laughs> they're all. These are the dumbest ones I've ever heard. The yeah. the entire group yeah. is is yeah yep. is really like you come up with some really bad films on this, and these are the worst ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm going to choose the one about the guy who goes to China, but I don't feel good about it. All right, I'm locking that in. Mm. I would say that if it was up to me, I'd greenlight all these films. Yeah, I think so they're all fantastic. Sure. Sam Neill, do you think you'd let him play something in there? Yeah, I think Sam Neill would be up for it. He'd yeah. be Dale with the ragtag bunch yeah, of friends. Chinese Dale. Chinese Dale. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he was a child. <laughs> I don't think he'd be Chinese Dale. No? No. Why? <laughs> Uh, yeah, good he could have been raised in China. That's true. Maybe adopted by a family there. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. away all their daughters <laughs> and oh. adopted one from New Zealand. Okay. Did a swap. Yeah, that's, that's true. Nice. I want, I'm going to lock in the, the China one as well. China one as well. Oh, geez, has- somebody's going to be loading up on points in this, the final round. Yeah. I think um, it could be Alistair George William Trombley. Yeah, could be. I'm going to go for the last one. Okay, looking that um, in for Alice there. All right, well, let's go through who wrote very excited. the answers. Uh, the contents from a novelty box of dino pasta coming to life when 12-year-old Dale Wilson and his ragtag <laughs> bunch of friends got involved. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> Whoa, used a mat word. I also love a ragtag. Oh, yeah. yeah. I probably got it from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are the same person. I also, I definitely got the bloopers from you, the love of bloopers in the credits. Oh, fuck, That's what bloopers. this whole show now has a an extended blooper yeah. thing because of your love of bloopers. I love bloopers. Even though th- these probably aren't bloopers. They're just the best bits. Yeah. 
Which are bloopers to me. And everyone sits through the show to get to them. I love bloopers. Bloppers. 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 Bops bloppers. Welcome back to Bops Top Bloppers. I'm your host, Bob. Bop top. <laughs> Let's begin our countdown. Tonight's <laughs> number 10, blessed blopper. <laughs> top of the blops. But I have no energy throughout it. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Bob's is bloppers. it a blop or is it a flop? <laughs> we'll find out after the break. <laughs> flop. <laughs> when world-renowned paleontologist Benjamin Frendel got buried alive, came back to life mm-hmm. with the dinosaur religion, that was Tanner slash Aaron slash the house. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Tanner and Aaron, fantastic work there. Mm. Mm. Pastor finds himself with a new superpower of increased exorcism <gasps> velocity. Oh, whew. That was Gary, Jay, Angelo, and the house worked on that together. That's wow. nice. That's beautiful. I merged multiple ideas but into you one know there. what we've got? The possibility that it's the pasta one with the pasta, the food. Hmm. Then the pasta documentary about Book and Teeny. That mm. was Alistair Trombley Birch what? Yeah. yeah. What a poker face on him. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful poker face. <laughs> 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 Laughing at your own joke and looking around like, ooh. That's great. Uh Pastor Ian McCulty, who goes from praying to being prayed upon, that Al picked. That was Andy Matthews. Oh. And I'm not. I I didn't have it. I couldn't ask you how to pronounce. It's not Ian, is it? It's Owen. I, uh, yeah, I don't know myself. Oh, Jess is good with uh, Irish. E O I N. Yeah, that's usually Owen. Owen. I thought if I asked you, that might give it away. Andy, how did you pronounce? <laughs> is your family Irish? So that's three points mm. to Andy there. That's mm, exciting. Meaning the correct answer is after losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits oh! a responsibility. Maximum dinosaur. So that's quite maximum pointies. That is almost. Oh my god, I've lost. Carry the two. While I'm adding up the scores, I'll let you know quickly that this film uh, was a very low-budget indie film with a $36,000 budget, but it did get 61% splat score from the critics on Rotten Mm. Tomatoes and 73% from the audience. A couple of a splat. I'll give you a a brief splat review, then a brief positive review. Tuesday Blue wrote, The Velocipasta may be attempting to be a cult favourite B-movie, yes. but it's unclear how much of the bad in this film is actually intentional. Whereas Alex Turner wrote, a ludicrous monster movie which is way more entertaining than I expected. The Velocipasta really must be seen to be believed. Wow. That's hot sizzle. I've looked Isn't that I've looked pasta is sort of like a rearranging the letters of Raptor? Is that is that sort of what, how the pun works? It's a funny kind of pun. Yeah, it doesn't because it doesn't seem it like does, it works. Velociraptor, Velocipar. It doesn't Stuart. quite, but it, it almost it's does. It's swapped sort of the Ra- R and the P. Yeah. Velocipapsmo. Velocipapsmia? That sounds <laughs> exciting. <laughs> sounds painful. So, uh, so the scores are in. Here they are. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to be last, I think. That's not possible. No. On five points in fourth position, it's Jess Perkins. (gasps) I am last. (laughs) In third position on seven points, it's Alastair Trombley Birchall. Gracious me. so lucky that this dumb shit is here. I'll save by the bop. In second position on eight points, it's the house. (gasps) Meaning out in front on nine points, it's Andy Matthews. Oh, what do you mean? 
See, really I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here to have fun. And you know what fun. the ultimate fun is? Winning. 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 Winning the most points and crushing my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually Andy's coach that called up earlier and said, all right, now I want you to get a fucking mind into gear. Yeah. You're the fastest. You're the strongest. There's nobody better than you. Nobody's smarter than you like that. And yeah. then Andy came out. And nobody more um, uh, f- uh, uh, better at the riff, riff, the riff. I'm obviously not. I'm the coach. That's yeah. why I wasn't able to say <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But you are. You're good. Mm. I'm very good. Thank mm. you. <laughs> now, Andy, where can people find you if they want to? Obviously, these uh, fantastic three new specials you've released is a good place. Yeah, I think that's the, the the best and the only place. But you can also check out uh, Two and Think Tank. And you can purchase a copy of Gustav and Henry, yeah. Volume 1 or Volume 2, um, books for young readers uh, about a pig and a dog. Uh, Al, how about you? You can find me at the Two in the Think Tank podcast. I mean, it's the same thing again. I, I wish mm. we had we'd mm. joined our play. But you haven't written any children's books, have you? No, that's true. You can. Oh, I'm thinking. I've, I've got a. Sh- I'm, I'm writing a Shusher right now. Shusher Guided Meditations. You can find that podcast. Yeah, great. Um, and you can, you know, find Magma or Teleport or My Client is Innocent on YouTube. And Jess, where can people find you? They can find me on our other podcast, Do Go On, which is the light of my life. This week's episode is a real fun story about a woman who wrote music from beyond the grave. Yes. <gasps> yeah, great story. She was a decomposer. Oh, my Holy God. shit, that's good. Did you do that? No. no. Uh, I think Jess, Jess's up was <laughs> songs in the key of ghost. <laughs> that's <what we> do. <laughs> she was decomposing. That would have been fucking better. That's yeah. smoother. That's neater. It is. I wish we hadn't already released it. <laughs> if only we'd just have Andy's voice somewhere in the middle. <laughs> With no explanation. The riff coach. Maybe halfway through episodes you should call Andy and just go, you got anything on this? <laughs> yeah. We should. We should. That's true. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends if you think you know anyone who might enjoy it, which, frankly, should be nearly everybody. Mm. Cheers for tuning in to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Toodles. Bye. Boo, I say. Boo to the show. Boo. Terrible episode so far. Andy, you didn't boo at all. Do you want to have a go? A boo. Oh. It's like he didn't want to. <laughs> it was, yeah, tra- like a trainee ghost. <laughs> a boo. A boo. How's that? <laughs> Did I do it? An apprental ghost. Very good, Alistair. A yes, a yes. A bravo. He sounded like an apprentice Dracula. A yes, a yes. I thought he sounded like a pretty experienced Dracula. Yeah, actually, right. Sorry. He's a veteran Dracula. Hey. Um... Veretula. <laughs> Profacula. Pro, pro, oh, uh, sorry, let's let's start the podcast. <sighs> Welcome to Who Knew with Matt Stewart, where the... Oh, hang on. <laughs> I couldn't even read it right. I just thought of something funny to say about the last interaction we had. <laughs> yeah, right. jump in. Great the timing. Er- the early Jess gets the clap. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No. She's the one clapping for herself. Well, she's the early Jess. But she doesn't get the clap then. She gives the clap. Well, well in this, in the instance where it was my introduction, I both started and got the clap. Mm. 
Right, giving and receiving. Yeah, you normally have to have the clap to be able to give. Now, just just to be clear, Matt, I assume that everybody everybody introduces every sentence that they say with "I just thought of a thing, funny yeah, thing to yeah. say about the previous interaction," and yeah. you edit that out in post. Yeah, that's right. Okay, great. About half the sh- show time is deleted. It really cuts down. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe, Matt Stewart, that I'm here in person with you, and you're referring to our three specials and not using your catchphrase triptych oh <gasps> feel really ripped off wow well, I, I feel like a fool wow i didn't realize that was my <laughs> catchphrase either <laughs> i said that word for a long time before someone told me that it was it's not how you even say it yeah that's what i like about it yeah i didn't know because dave taught it you know, to me dave warnicky yeah so any blame goes to him yeah, yeah. for I'll, any mispronunciation you know, I, I like when somebody says something wrong to me, you know, like yeah, really yeah. wrong. It's quite erotic for me. Is and it? That includes wrong pronunciation, I am also. But you've never corrected me. <laughs> you just like you like it like that. I like or did it you like assume I, I was in on it? Because I, I, I have been for a while. Yeah, right. But not <laughs> the first I'll, couple I'll of back years. I'll see if I can spot the point <laughs> yeah, yeah. at which you become self-aware. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> glint in my eye. Yeah. The Matt, we call it the Matt Stewart singularity. This is <laughs> about another podcast <laughs> called Do Go On, which Jess and I host with Dave Warnicky and Ah, the Do Go On Triptych. Yes, <laughs> we right. are the Do Go On Triptych. And again, anything that we ever do or say wrong is Dave Warnicky's fault. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just across the board. And he feels very comfortable with getting things wrong. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He loves to be corrected. He loves to be corrected yeah, online yeah. later. It does not ruin his day. <laughs> Do you ever c- call him a slimy little worm? Uh, we don't to need face. to. Oh. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. It's called subtext, Alistair. Yeah. Oh, yes. He knows. <laughs> okay, are we ready to play? Yes. Mm. I'm a bit nervous because uh, the three of you, very smart people, know a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Thank you for lumping me in there. Uh, appreciate uh, it. I appreciate uh, lumping hopefully. me in there too. Yeah, Andy's really smart. Al and I have I expected to be in there, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Al and I, we're, how would I say yeah, this nicely? We're, we're dumb shits. <laughs> if you do know, if you know the answers, still write a fake one. Mm-hmm. Play it like you don't. Okay. At least for the, until you, 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 when you guess it, you can say, I knew it all. Matt, Matt says this now because one time I said that I knew the answer and yes. then I said, I, I think I ruined the whole, the whole facade of the whole thing. Did you put it into the episode that I said it? Uh, I can't remember if I was able to edit around it or not. Yeah, sure. But if I did, I'll have to edit around this now. (laughs) (laughs) Banging away. (laughs) Andy's name should be the clap. Why he hits that keyboard. Um, how did you go, Andy? Yeah, uh, yeah. not good. It sounded like not about good. three sentences. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm overthinking it because last time I was on the podcast, um, I accidentally plagiarized one of my answers from somewhere else, and now I'm terrified oh, of no. doing it again. I thought I had an original thought, and then I, after the podcast, realized that it was not. Mm. An original thought. I went back to the source material and discovered I had more or less completely typed it out word for word. Oh, wow. no, that is unlucky. Yeah. yeah. Your brain really stuffed you there. Mm. I don't think I got the point, so it's okay. Okay. I was, you know. The, did you get a laugh, punishment enough. I got a, a chortle, a chuckle. Okay. Yes. And I'm happy to have that stricken from my permanent record. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened on the live Brisbane episode where uh, – Peter James, one of his answers, Meg Yeager, who was also playing, she goes, you wrote that, Peter James, and you ripped it off Angus, <laughs> Angus Gordon. 
was a great moment. Wow, so she could even guess that it was his and guess who yes. she ripped it. That was That's so, that was so, so good. much good analysis. Very yeah, niche. it was great. And it was right. And he was like, did I? And he didn't even, he, like you, he didn't, don't think he realized until he got called out on it. Very fun. Or a kind of deep personal humiliation. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very enjoyable fun. to Matt Stewart. <laughs> okay, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound so nice. I've been watching a little Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, reading a lot. No, I'm asking Andy. Oh, yes. I've been, I, I am, yes. Yeah. Is it now that it's out in the public domain? <laughs> Finally, now I don't read anything yeah. unless it's in the public domain. Yeah. It, all, it also means you can't be called out for stealing for your For plagiarising, which I do. Yeah. <laughs> One of your things. What if you would rank the powerfulness of the chakras? Mm. Which one would you? Which one's up top? Chakra Khan. Chakra Khan. <laughs> is, that, is that something? Yeah. I don't know many of the It absolutely works for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I assume one of the bicep chakras would probably be one of the strongest. Yeah, you yeah. Know, maybe the thigh chakra. Yeah, you, you think it just means muscles, don't muscles, you? Muscles. The yeah. quads chakra. Yeah, the, quads. Chakra quads. Yeah, chakra quads. <laughs> yeah. That's my strongest yeah. chakra, that's for sure. And I, I think that the brain is, is the, the strongest, <laughs> is the most erotic chakra. If you're a philosopher, you'd fuck people's brains. Fuck people's brains. That's what I would well, do. They fuck would. their brains well, out. I'd, I'd get Between them to the put their brains hemispheres. together. <laughs> <laughs> Push your hemispheres together. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Push them together like a like a like a sort of a you know like a can push up bra in two mm, hemispheres no. make them make them just spill over. You the got skull. one of those very <laughs> very sexual little peephole skulls. <laughs> peephole scalp would yeah. be a peephole scalp. Peephole scalp allowing just giving you that hint of the <laughs> the hemisphere gap that you oh you couldn't fit a credit card in there. <laughs> Oh, you'd want to. You'd want to. How obviously. would you play the brain? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. We, we're Alistair and I haven't been in the same room for quite some time, yeah. but it's it feels good. Feels electric. Yeah, yeah. Much like whenever I'm on uh, turn the think tank, I sit back and watch it just happen. watch it happen. Yeah. Would you like to be on it again sometime? I'd love to go have a front row seat. See you push Some your you? two big no, brains together. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we overthink things, don't we? A lot. Sometimes we take half an hour to get through two questions. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, in the edit, the listeners will only think this is five minutes in, so. Get fucked. <laughs> That's a brutal edit. I think the pre-show if you're hearing was this, five minutes. If you're hearing this, he has he has been brutal in the edit. <laughs> they won't be hearing this. But if you're not hearing this, he's been even more brutal. <laughs> yeah. I love that music so much. That mountain people music just, mm. like, just makes my heart sing. Yeah. And so I think I think deep down I am connected to those people. <laughs> Wherever they came from. Because that, that music must have come from like somewhere else as well, right? Like some of that must have come from like Germany or something like that where they yeah. came from. But have you seen the movie The Jerk? Steve Martin's The Jerk? He's he's raised by a black family and oh, he yeah. doesn't connect with any of the soul mu- music, but then he hears hillbilly music on the radio and his feet start tapping. <laughs> That's, That's you. It's been a long time, but yeah, yeah. I am. You got that those I hillbilly genes. Steve Martin. I watched that race Great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's a strange film. The other, strange. Couldn't the make a movie like that these days. No, probably not. The song, <laughs> I love the song. Somewhere, somewhere you belong to, to my heart. Yeah. But tonight, 
you belong to me. Oh, yeah. You know that song from that, that movie? And then at the end, she starts playing the trumpet, and it's really funny, but then it's also emotional. At the same yeah, time. it's beautiful. It's good. Then I think in that shot, in that scene, he actually accidentally steps on the ukulele and breaks a quite an antique ukulele, but that's not shown in the movie. It's just a. It's just something something from the behind the scenes. <laughs> something. Don't, don't cut this out, Matt. Please don't cut this out. <laughs> you might have just saved it there with that plead. Please. <laughs> Been listening to Bill Bryson's book about American English. Yeah. And uh, yeah. He, the <laughs> audio book of it. The audio book, it's amazing because it'll go through like different spellings of things. And there'll be sometimes like a paragraph, which in a book would just look like, you know, just a list of words. But he says the word and then he says, spells it out in multiple different ways. I think he should just say the words. He's got all, he's got yeah. all the synonyms, all the homophones, <laughs> just reading them out over and over again. You have no idea which one he's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be better. That'd be a great day for that um, narrator. <laughs> Mm. Feeling really good about he, their job choice then. Is it is it Bill Bryson reading it himself? Uh, this one isn't, no, but it's a very, uh, very talented reader is reading it. Is he related to Bill? Uh, he's, yes, he's Bill's dad. No, oh, that's so <laughs> And cool. Bill's in bed yeah. while he's reading. Oh, no, it's actually God. really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you can funny. hear Bill drift off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Little, little, little. Write a snore. Yeah. Can yeah. you hear the dad sort of drifting in and out of consciousness as well? Because I find that happens to me a lot when I'm reading to the kids. Yeah, yeah. I can't stay awake. <laughs> I was. They like me to tell they them tuck you in. stories and they also like to play the options game, which is where um, I give them a bunch of options. Is this the Brysons? N- no, <laughs> this is the little Bryson boys. I tuck them up in bed <laughs> and we play the options game. That's why you call Bill and, and his brothers. I yeah. give them like an option for what kind of vehicle they want. So it'll be like a monster truck or a motorbike or whatever. And then we go through choosing options to like additions for that. Oh, you pimp their rights. Yeah, I pimp their rights. Exactly. Oh, it's really Of cute. the mind. Pimp yeah. your right of the mind. Yeah. Oh, Daddy. Daddy Rod, <laughs> and I, and, and you know, I'm drifting in and out of sleep as I'm doing this, and I, you know, I, I found myself waking up, and the boy's saying, "What's Chris Martin?" And I'm like, "Chris Martin from Coldplay." And they're like, "Why would we want that on our motorbike?" <laughs> my brain is just like words are just coming out of my head with no connection to thought. Chris Martin. Chris Martin. It's just an option. So boys, you want do an you orange want Chris motorbike? On your you don't. Another option, honestly. What's Christmas? <laughs> What's Christmas? Why would I want that on my motorbike? Oh. His daughter's name's Apple. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is baffling. Meet Moonbeam McSwan. <laughs> Lovely daughter of Moonshine McSwan. Her favourite people are pigs. She's incredibly lazy. And in 1941, her father plotted to get her married to Abner Yoko. Matt has fallen asleep and these are just the words that are coming out of his head. <laughs> He's reading us the story. What? That's fine. Why would I want that on my motorbike? <laughs> Everybody, um, put your hands together or you go to Harold a seance. <laughs> Howled. Oh, that's Howled. another way you guys. <laughs> ah, interesting. It's ah, a pronunciation Howled. often considered pretentious <laughs> in America. Howled. Hugged. They'll give you a torrent of erudite, erudition. Fuck. What does that mean? I guess that's, um, er, am I saying erudition right? It's, uh, it sounds so good. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know if I know that word. Erudition. Oh man, I fucking nailed it. <laughs> the quality of having or showing great knowledge or learning. 
Wow. Erudition. <laughs> Whoa, that was good. Yeah, that was, really that was good. so good. You can tell you do voice work. Thank you. you oh, do, that's going to have to a... go on at the end of the episode now. That's how good that was. <laughs> you, you say it again? Erudition. Oh, my God. I lost you, it you should time. be a robot computer that people I'd yell at. I'd love to be a robot computer. <laughs> That people yell at. <laughs> <laughs> that bit, I'm I'm happy to take or leave. Yeah, well, that's fine, but that wasn't the offer. The offer wasn't the shorter version. Fuck. Matt doesn't get it. He doesn't oh, get it. Oh, I used a lot of very pretentious pronunciations. <laughs> there was so many ST. <laughs> There's the ST on words. the end of every word. It's just a list of streets. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, very good. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. I can't believe to actually get booped by a bop. That was good. <laughs> booped by a bop. Booped by a bop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.